Hi guys, my name is Olivia Tutu and welcome to Unscripted with Leave. I'm your podcast butterfly. Now, in today's episode, I get to chat with David Kazadi, who is a cinematographer, film director, CEO of Kazadi Films and Hot FM, as well as a businessman. Yo, today is on fire as we bring to you black excellence. I enjoyed myself having this podcast recorded. I hope you're going to have a good time as well. Now, remember, like I always say, don't forget to subscribe if you're using the Apple podcast or Google podcast. And if you're using Anchor FM, don't forget to favorite this podcast. For now, let's get right into the episode and enjoy. Disclaimer, we were recording it at 10 p.m. So... Yeah, my energy was a little bit low at the beginning, but I picked up. So I hope you love it and you enjoy it. So after that introduction, I don't know if I should say more on my guest for the day. But one thing that I noticed from the different interviews that I watched of him before having this conversation with him is that he always considers himself a human, a brother, and a son. If I've forgotten anything, he's going to add it on. Hi, David. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Welcome to Unscripted with Liv. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be here. Excited. Yeah. I was going to say excited, but I think I've been saying that a lot. Well, I think... I'm excited. <laughs> well, I'm excited too, but I was looking for a synonym that I can use. But I think we're just going to go with the word excited. Thank yeah. you so much again for coming, despite your busy schedule. No, thanks for having me. And it's, it's, it's late at night, and you're here <laughs> doing the podcast, so that's some popular education right there. I know, I know, and uh, I, I just, I love my podcast. I think everybody knows that. It's my little baby, and whatever it takes to make it grow, I like to hear. I'm going to do it. So now I've given a brief a brief introduction of who you are in my intro, but I will allow you to say your words. Who is David Kazadi? I, I don't know if, if you read it in my interviews. It's, it's the hardest thing I find. Um, I know, I know. I, I never know how to describe myself. I'm, I'm, I'm David Kazadi. Um, human? Yeah, I'm a human being. You know, first and first foremost. Yeah. Um, my brother, the, the son. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I think I'm a. I'm a good human being. Good human being. Find his way in his life. Mm, yeah. Okay. And you almost spoke about being Hot FM CEO. By the way, congratulations. I just heard Thank of it you. today oh, yeah? from one of the interviews I was listening to. I was like, um, oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the, the Hot, Hot FM, this is what Paz, Kazadi Films, Quito FM, Hot TV. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these companies make up what we call the Hot Media Group. And so my uncle, Oscar Chavola, is the chairman of mm-hmm. that group and I'm the CEO of the group. So that automatically makes me Hot FM CEO, Zuzo Plus CEO, because I'm CEO. It all sounds all fun and games until you have to get the work done. So it's, it's not as exciting as it sounds. Oh, nice. Yeah. But you know, congratulations still. I think you're living your dream, everyone's dream. I think I think if you're a creative or you're in the entertainment industry in Zambia, I yeah. think where you are at is where a lot of people want to be at. So you're living the dream. I'm grateful. I'm yeah. Grateful. Um, when I was, I think I've had conversations with you, and I've also listened to your interviews. I'm trying by all means to not. Um, repeat the same questions over and over especially those that make you uncomfortable because this is a safe zone and of course while you're tuned into Unscripted with Leave, make sure you sip on some good cup of coffee, tea, water, juice or whatever beverage suits your needs I haven't been hydrating a lot so I'm having a glass of water 
Now, um, you being a cinematographer, um, a director, a filmmaker, <laughs> is that part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I went to film school and uh-huh. I've been working in the film industry ever since then. So, um, I studied filmmaking the dog, you know, the, the holistically. So, I, mm-hmm. I learned directing, producing, editing, uh, cinematography, gaffering. I learned the whole thing. So, I majored in directing because mm-hmm. that's where my heart and passion was. But yeah. um, I, when I came to Zambia, I quickly realized why it was important for me to have had the opportunity to learn all the different aspects of filmmaking mm-hmm. because very rarely do you find specialists in Zambia who yeah. are you know specific things so that came in handy um, so yeah so I am all of those things but I am my heart is where directing is concerned okay yeah. nice now I was going to ask you how you found the environment in terms of filmmaking and just being a creative but I've noticed that you have answer that no 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 you <laughs> have a couple of advantages to your side yeah. so I think you wouldn't really um, understand how it is to like start from scratch what's an advantage that I have I don't know well first of all you grew up in the UK okay. and you got here and no 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 shadow whatsoever but most of the times when somebody flies out of the country and they come back they get recognition and it's everybody wants to work with them okay. well for my part that's what I've experienced yeah, yeah. and then there's also the aspect of having been to school for what you're doing now I think a lot of uh, creatives don't have that opportunity because Zambia doesn't have um, exactly but they do now there's a film school there's a film school in Zambia I don't know if I can say it on this podcast because that's free advertising but oh please a, don't <laughs> there's a film school now uh-huh. and um, it seems to be doing quite well oh nice um, South African film school with a few international people here and there yeah, so, yeah. I was going to get to that which is the money aspect yeah, yeah. not a lot of people have the money, the money to okay. yeah, yeah, yeah like you can't fly out of the country to go yeah. study filmmaking and whatnot. Yeah. which parent Zambia it's gonna give you the opportunity. Exactly. You know, I've, I've always said, uh, mm-hmm. I've always said, um, that a lot of people think, you know, it was easy for me because I was in the UK and my parents gave me a pass. No, mm-hmm. my dad's a cardiologist, so he definitely wanted me to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So film was never part of the agenda. My mom's a lawyer, so she wanted me to be a lawyer. So mm-hmm. there was never a point in my life where, because I was in the UK, that life was easy. I was in, I was in the UK, but I was, I was still an African kid, mm-hmm. yeah. and so. As far as my parents were concerned, I had to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a failure. You know what I mean? It's one of two things. Uh, no, it's one of two things. It's a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or you're a failure. So that's how it's always <laughs> has been. You know? uh-huh. And so um, when I decided to embark on a film career, yes, I, I, I get what you mean by, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the Western country, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bit more civilization. Yeah. You know, a few things are a bit flexible. But it wasn't an easy ride. I had to prove to them that I was worthy of doing film and that film was a good career. My mom, my dad especially, my dad didn't take what I did seriously until mm-hmm. I made my first million dollars. Yeah. So it's when I made a million that he realized, oh, okay, cool, there's money here. And, you know, being an African dad, he went and told the whole village and started <laughs> making money. Yeah, so it's, it's um, sort of to answer your question is, um, that's not a question just to sort of speak on your statement yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's not supposed to be easy but the way I've always thought about it and what I always say to the young people that I mentor mm-hmm. is one day you're going to die and you have two things that you, you have to think about mm-hmm. you can either live your mom and dad's dream um, and you know whether you like it or not at some point they will die mm-hmm. and you will be a very miserable person trying to make them happy um, or you could take the risk and live your dream mm-hmm. and make sure you work 
that done in Benoit, if I can so on this thing, but like work, work your butt at it uh, <laughs> to ensure mm-hmm. that it works because yeah. when it does work, parents aren't there to, to be police officers. Ultimately, you know, I'm going to be 31 soon. I've come to learn that um, the reason parents are so hard on trying to get us to do conventional jobs mm-hmm. is because they want us to have some sort of security. Yeah. But if you can find a job or find something that's within your passion that can also give you the sort of security you want, mm-hmm. your parents don't really care. Like They're just happy that you're doing that. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. true. Um, you've spoken about how you had to convince your dad especially. Yeah. The time he decided to say I was going to go to film school, was there any bad blood? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's did an African you, man. Like, did you just say, you know what, I'm not going to talk to you for like three months, whatever, until I figure myself yeah, out? I mean, you can't not talk to your dad when you live in his house, eh? <laughs> <laughs> If you want to have that kind of behavior, uh-huh. go pay your own rent, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I still, I had to, I was very diplomatic about it. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't, I understood that, yeah, you know, this is my passion mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I'm still his son and I have to sort of find a way to convince him. So mm. there are a couple of days where I would avoid him and whatnot, but not because I'm not trying to talk to him, because that's yeah. silly. Um, but then when you are trying to do something that you are convinced about, like you are emphatically convinced that this is where you need to go, this is what you're about, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the passion leads you to you know, doing a certain level and amount of research to mm-hmm. be able to convince any human being. And yeah. so I had to do, I had to learn and do so much research. I remember at one point I had to do a whole presentation to present to him and show him all, Your the, dad. Career, yeah, all the career <laughs> paths that were available. Because I've, I've always been an intelligent kid. I mean, I went to law school, went to film school, um, went to went to law school, went to business school, went to med school. So I've, I've, like I knew yeah, how to. I was, was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. preempting your questions. But yeah. like, so I, I knew how, because my dad's academic, so he needs stuff, you know, with, you know, figures and yeah. you know, straight mm-hmm. plans. Yeah. So after I did my presentation and showed him all the career parts, he still thought it was a joke. But then I said, Dad, like, after, after this meeting, you're going to sit down and watch TV, yeah? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, of course, yeah, you, you're going to watch TV again tomorrow. Well, the stuff you're watching, there's people working behind it and they're mm-hmm. making money. Mm-hmm. So while you're consuming their content, there's an entire workforce behind it that's making it. Yeah. So, I mean still didn't make sense and like I said it? it was one of those things where he said you know what what did he say to me he said to me if you're going to do this because you're passionate about it I'm going to let you do it but make sure that you do it at the highest level you can mm-hmm. because if you do it and you turn out to be mediocre then you'd have not just wasted your time but you'd have also wasted my time that's yeah. what my dad said to me so when I got that green light and went to uni mm-hmm. I knew that I need to graduate at the top of my class mm-hmm. and be the most excellent filmmaker that I has been and that's been my journey and that's been my story ever since that's why people see me now and they're like oh David you're doing so well and blah 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 but I remember I have to do well because my dad said I have to do well so <laughs> <laughs> I have no choice in the matter do you know what I mean so yeah. that, that's what it uh-huh. is uh-huh. now you've spoken about how you went to business school law school and med school mm. by the way he didn't graduate from all those <laughs> just putting it out there otherwise he was going to be over 30 yeah. but how was it like did you ever feel as though you were a failure at some point because yeah, I think it's like I think it's different like oh one school you drop out and then you go to the next and just succeed mm. but then it's like three different schools yeah. before you got to where you are at now and three different professions um, exactly yeah of course I've, I've always I've always had this thing where I don't I never thought I was good enough mm-hmm. and no matter how good I was at something I think it's just it's in the recent years that I've come to you know accept that oh yeah actually I'm actually really good at that and, mm-hmm. you know that's a different space and I'm still learning to be 
I'm this guy who's okay with being good and okay with being celebrated. Normally, I would always shy away from people telling me, oh, you're good and stuff like that. No, I think you still really. do that. Yeah. Like a little I'm, bit. It's I'm, like, yeah, it yeah, makes like, you cringe a little it bit. It makes me cringe because I've, like, I'm, I've always been on the edge. Like I've always wanted to be better and you always work on people. Like, yeah. So I've never been good at you know people celebrating me the way that people do, but that's the story from another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, coming from an academic family where everyone's pretty much excellent, my family is made of geniuses. Like mm-hmm. my dad has three, four PhDs. My mom has I don't know how many degrees. My sisters are just like acing, top of their classes. My brothers all of that. So there was always a sense of if you're not doing, if you're not getting A's or B's or A stars, like what are you really doing in your life? You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and you know there were points in my life where I wasn't getting A's and B's. I was actually getting C's and D's. You know what I mean? And so. <laughs> You're coming into, you're coming, you know, your sister's like, I got an A star. And you're like, oh, I got a D. And your family's like, what do you mean you got a D? We don't get these around here. Uh-huh. So, long story short, um, I I started dropping out. When I started dropping because this is like colleges, mm-hmm. I started dropping out because I think really early on, I think I was, was probably blessed as well, really early on I started realising that it's ultimately my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could, I could spend my whole life trying to live my mum and dad's dream, which, you know, it, God bless their soul and, you know, bless what they were trying to do. And, you know, they, they wanted the best, but then it, I wouldn't be happy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, call it rebellious or call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But for me, it was, a, you know, I knew that my life was my life. And when I get into something, if it's not where my passion is and where my heart is, of course, I wouldn't recommend that people drop out. Mm. <laughs> I feel... Do not drop out. Yeah, don't drop out, don't drop out. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, so let me just digress a little bit. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right now, um, I wouldn't advise my kids to do it. I mean, if I have kids, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, find your passion early so you don't have to go through what I had to go through. Mm, the, best thing, the best thing is to learn through um, other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I take these podcasts and I do these shows because I want someone to have to learn through my mistakes and understand that they don't have to do it to learn. They can learn mm-hmm. through what I did, you know, mm-hmm. which is sometimes hard, but it's possible. And so, me dropping out was my journey. I had to go through all those things. Mm-hmm. So now, look, Right now, I run how many six six different companies, and um, I can read a, a legal document without needing a lawyer mm-hmm. and understand it because I went to law school. Yeah. So I understand contracts, I understand litigation, I understand everything that concerns you know the, the legalities of a company of a business, especially mm-hmm. the phone business. Yeah. Um, I haven't been sick in thirty years. Okay. Like, I've never been sick. I've never been in the hospital for anything. Even when COVID was a big pandemic and everyone was falling sick, like, left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Like, there were people in my office literally sick one after another. I wasn't sick. And they were, you know, they were all around me. And they, they never understood. And I came to realize that the the one year that I went to med school taught me, <laughs> the one year literally <laughs> taught me how to... Wow better look after my health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand what a pandemic is. I understand what a, a virus is. I mm-hmm. understand what a disease is. And so there the, are a few things that I know how to look after myself. And that was part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even with business school, I mean, when you're studying film, you're not studying to be a businessman. You're just studying yeah. to be a creative filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But then there is no film without business. You've mm-hmm. got to learn how to do the business side of film. Mm-hmm. And so if I hadn't had the foundation, because I went to business school for two years, if I hadn't had the business foundation, I wouldn't know how to run a business mm-hmm. and let alone run six businesses. Mm-hmm. And so my my um, my journey needed, it was important for me to go through 
the various processes that I went through to be the person that I am. But that's not everyone's story or everyone's journey. So that's the, the long and short of it is that don't drop out of school because you heard David Kasadi say dropped out of school. Okay, so under a minute, I want you to adjust this so that I move on to my second question. Yeah. Say someone is already in business school and they think they are supposed to be a creative, they're supposed to do arts and whatnot, mm. what would you tell them? You're, te- you're saying do not drop out of school, but then it's like, okay, I... I get it, yeah. I'm not dropping out, the economy is rough, I need this degree, but this is not where my heart is. Like, I want to do film, I want to do music, I want to do dance. I mean, if you're in business school, there's no reason why you can't do both. That's, my, that's the shortest answer. Um, what you do academically and what you do as a passion um, can coexist, mm-hmm. but they also can be separated. You have to understand, and this is specifically for Africans eh? and Zambians, <laughs> you have to understand your environment. Do you know what I mean? I always use the analogy of planting an apple. No matter how much I love apples, yeah? Mm-hmm. Apples aren't gonna grow in the African climate. So if I come with, a, with, with, with my apples and you know plant them in, the, in, in this country, I'm gonna be struggling to get them to grow. But you know, in, in the West countries where it's a bit more cold and the climate makes sense for these things, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what we wanna do is great to follow our passions. But we have to follow our passions intelligently. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean, I what do I love to do? I love to... Um, sing? Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's no, no. Done. No, no, I, I sing, but that's, that's not something I love. I just do it. Uh-huh. Um, what do I love to do? I love to... I don't think you love it if you can't even think of it on top of your head. Because, you know, I was going to say I love to make films, but then it's not oh, going okay, yeah, to make sense to my yeah, to mm-hmm, what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. the example. All right, let's, let's use an example. Let's say I'm a kid who loves Formula One, okay? I love racing cars. Um, and I'm in Zambia, mm-hmm. okay? I could go to all the driving schools that I love and do all the driving stuff. Yeah. It's going to... The chances of me being a Formula One driver are very minimal because I'm not in the right place. Yeah, Does that true. make sense? And mm-hmm. so, what do I do? I'm going to do something that's going to guarantee me, guarantee me safety because mm-hmm. you're not going to be a teenager forever. You're not going to be in your 20s forever. Yeah. Like, life really does happen. Mm-hmm. And so, once I have that as a security, mm-hmm. then I can be doing my driving stuff on the side, as people call it, a side hustle. Yeah. So, what, I've, what I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to invest a bit more time mm-hmm. into my days. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do my schools or whatever, my nine to five. Then when I'm done with that, I come and do what I'm actually passionate about. Mm-hmm. If what I'm passionate about does pop, praise God, you know, like, you know, I would have put in the work and gotten lucky. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't work, I have some sort of security. Yeah. And it sounds very weird for me to say that because that's what my parents would always say to me. But it's, it's so true. Like, yeah. life genuinely does happen. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever you're passionate about, yes, it's great and whatnot. But don't don't give up on something that's going to give you a sense of security over something that you're passionate about that gives you no guarantees that's just foolish i totally agree i'm big on financial security like you need to have your finances in check even as you follow your passion and all that the movie that made me not wait Mm-hmm. I was gonna lie and I don't wanna lie. Mm-hmm. So I first heard of Black Dollar the time of the premiere and she didn't come to Yeah, I did. <laughs> I have a reason. I was like, oh Zambians. So because everybody was making noise, it's a Zambian movie directed by Zambian and whatnot. So yeah. I was like, it's obviously the typical ones we've seen on TV. So there wasn't any need for me to 
see the movie. But now, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, are you joking? Come on. I will see you it. You can watch it on Zizzo Plus. Like, I, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that probably after this podcast recording. But yeah, so I heard of that and I heard Kazadi Fumes. And then the second time I heard of Kazadi Fumes was Divorce Club. Because mm-hmm. I think it went viral. and went crazy. Everybody, I think if you're in Zambia and you haven't heard or seen a clip from Divorce Club, then you're probably living under a rock. You're not in Zambia, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. And I watched the That's It podcast, and then I saw you, um, I think episode five or four. And you thought, what a handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Blagging myself. No. What a handsome man. Unfortunately, I didn't. You didn't think I was what, a handsome no, man? No, no. What got me... I'm not that handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. But what got my attention was the fact that... Um, what got my attention? I'm trying to remember carefully because I don't want to lie. On the Z podcast? Yeah. Probably I think, me talking um, about women hair. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I remember I actually told you. I, yeah, so I, I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? So <laughs> on Instagram, I followed you there. Um, and I think you said something about Zambian girls. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm unfollowing. I'm moving on with life. You sound emotional, man. <laughs> no, so no, no. You broke no. up with me twice and I didn't even know you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I think it just felt like, okay, we're not going to give you audience. Yeah. But after I met you at the Johnny Walker event, I was like, oh, he's actually not a bad person. I'm he's... not a bad person at all. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You, you're actually good. So I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, let me put the past aside oh and gosh. start afresh. And the irony of it is you had this past by yourself. Like, this was all happening to you, with you, by you, for you. <laughs> this <laughs> this breakup and makeup was happening to you. Well, goodness me. There's probably a thousand others. That's so, the, it's, it's okay. It's to me. okay. Because, you know, like, you're not the first one. There's certain people that I meet and they're like, before I met you, I thought you were this and you were that. And then I met you and I realized you're this. And I'm like, but you, you made up your mind about me before you right. met But me. do you do that on purpose? I don't do like, anything. Because I think the you we see on social media and the you we see now, okay, like when somebody gets to know it's like two different people. Mm. And but social I, media is not real. Yeah, people I, take social media true, too seriously. True, true. That's why you broke up with me. <laughs> based on what you saw on wow. social media. Okay, so we're calling it a breakup. Nice. It was. You broke up with me three times on social media, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I, I had my reasons. Aye. Yeah, but he's a good guy. You can go out and follow him. You're going to love his content. But they're not going to love my content because they're going to think I'm a bad guy, aren't they? No, your content is okay. So it's just... Uh, I don't know. You don't know. We're going to talk <laughs> offset, but... Um, so you come with Divorce Club in yeah. Zambia. It's never happened before. Yeah. Where did you get it from? Um, I guess it's the privilege you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on Murray. I grew up on Jerry Springer's. I mm-hmm. grew up on all of these Divorce Club type shows. And so... Yeah. The fact that I came here and a lot of people spoke about them, but nobody did them. I thought, what, 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 we're wasting an opportunity, man. This mm-hmm. needs to happen. So, to me, it didn't feel like I was doing something particularly special. I mm-hmm. just thought I was creating content that needs to be seen. Yeah. So it's when it went viral that everybody just lost their minds, and you know, I was getting both hate mail and people who completely loved the show. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't set out to do Divorce Club because I thought it was going to be viral or none. I just. Like with most of the content that we created because mm-hmm. I films, we just do it because 
there's a need to do it and yeah. there's a message we're trying to send mm-hmm. and also there's a gap in the market. Yeah. Right, Zambia is a conservative society. They act conservative. We act conservative. Did that ever get in the way of making divorce club a reality? I mean, I'm a Zambian man, so I. I you are a Zambian man yeah, who yeah. grew up in Zambia. No, no, I hear you. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Zambian man who didn't grow up in Zambia, but like, I'm still a Zambian man nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, I, I know about the Zambian pretending to be conservative but not being conservative. So I like this is it's not a foreign concept. So yeah. I knew that a lot of people will pretend not to like the divorce club, but mm-hmm. we'll still watch it. So that didn't really that wasn't really a factor. I just I thought I'm gonna set out and we're gonna do it and you know it's gonna do well because mm-hmm. some people are gonna like it, some people are gonna hate it, but yeah. they're still gonna watch it. And so And people are watching. And yeah, <laughs> even even now people are still watching. Yeah. So it's it's it was neither here nor there. It was just mm-hmm. a question of um, you know, from a business perspective, it made sense. It was the right timing, and mm-hmm. from a creative perspective, it also made sense. So yeah. It was that. It, I didn't. I didn't really think about you know Zambia's been conservative. This been that. I was just like, mm-hmm. let's create content of people that I like. Whatever happens, happens. Basically, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you posted something, and I quote: mm. "Marriage is a scam." It is a scam. Wait before <laughs> before you go on, uh, yeah. So you posted that statement, and I think literally most of your followers were agreeing. Yeah. Yes, it's a scam and whatnot. Yeah. And most of your content, um, Kazadi Films, is centered around relationships, relationships yeah. and marriage and whatnot. Most of the content so far, yeah. content so far yes. Yeah. Um, and just specifically, uh, Divorce Club. Would you say? it sort of depicts or reflects your views on relationship and marriage in general? I mean, I don't control what happens with the divorce club. People come with their stories and they go crazy. I just give them a platform. You love um, it though? Yeah, I mean, like, I, love, I love controversy. I mean, so do you. That's why you watched it. <laughs> and the rest of the country, that's why they watched it. But yeah. um, to answer your question, do I think, why do I think marriage is a scam? Um, I think um, the institution that marriage represents is is not what it used to represent. Or maybe it is, I don't know, I'm not an expert in marriage, I just feel like... Don't you think it's the people that are actually in the institution that are making it seem like it's not what it is? But it always is, it, it always starts and ends with the people, mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, yeah. any, anything we have an opinion on is based on the opinion of people and others and whatever it is. So for me, it's... It's, it's a very long story you probably need a second podcast for me to talk to you about why I think marriage and the funny thing is um, both my mom and dad are married and they've been happily married and they're still together but then I just feel like to, to not drag this on I just I have a few questions about marriage and what it means a lot of people want to get married because I, f- I fell in love and uh, 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 I just feel and this is all I'm going to say on this yeah? mm-hmm. I feel getting married on love alone is a foolish thing mm-hmm. because you have to marry someone not just because you love them but because they make sense to everything. Whether you yeah, they make sense to your business, they make sense to your goals, they make sense to your aspirations. And so it's like I will never get into a business contract with a company that only makes sense one way. Mm-hmm. And to me, marriage is that because when you're done with the lovey dovey stuff mm-hmm. and you're done with, you know, I love you, kiss me, let's have babies <laughs> you have to tolerate this person. And that's where, to me, it becomes a business arrangement because what is this person bringing to the table? How are they going to be sustainable? How are they good for you in the long run? And so, because a lot of people don't think about that and they get into this thing completely blindly and just, you know, I fell in love and I got married, that's why I think that the the divorce rate is so high. And one of the reasons I just think it's a scam, not because it's not a beautiful thing for people who want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a scam if you're not really thinking through it properly. I'm not married. I don't intend to get married anytime soon. Uh, my mom wants me to get married. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't. I really don't. Um, my mum wants me to get married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my, I mean, my whole family wants me to get married, but I'll get married when I feel the time is right. Not because of peer pressure, not because people think I'm getting old mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. So when, when the time is right, I'll get married. But until then, I'm going to keep on running businesses, making money and, you know, hopefully changing lives. Living the best life. Changing lives. I don't and know living, living the best life. I don't know if I'm living my best life, man. I don't have, I don't have an airplane yet. <laughs> <laughs> if I get an airplane, then maybe. So why is your content for now centered on relationships, if at all? Because that's what people want to watch, and that's what people are watching. So you are giving people what they want to see? Yeah, yeah ultimately. It's like, the way these things work, they work based on algorithms. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing this thing for so long that we've come to know what Zambians like to watch, and we've come to know what you know people in the world want to watch. And mm-hmm. a lot of the things that get people talking, a lot of the things that get people having conversations are relational stuff you know whether it's someone cheating on someone someone breaking up with someone someone, doing someone, this, being, romantic. someone being romantic like you know the valentine videos that i'm putting out people mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff yeah um that's why even if you look at your netflix accounts and all these streaming platforms <coughs> rom-coms are big hits mm-hmm. you know anything that's uh, romantic uh, mm-hmm. comedy um you know actions aren't that big unless you're marvel mm-hmm. so we're basically giving the people what they want when the time is right and people want to watch horrors, maybe we'll give them horrors. But for now, nice. we give them what they want. I look forward to that. I'm not a horror movie fan, but... We'll You'd see. like to watch a Zambian horror. So yes. would I, actually. But to then, criticize and to applaud where necessary. But you see, my thing is, so would I. Like, there's a lot of films and genres that I want to explore. Mm-hmm. But the, the businessman in me always has to think twice because I could spend $2 million on a beautiful film that I love where you know an art piece or sorts mm-hmm. and make no money. Oh yeah. And then you hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Or I could spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and shoot the divorce club and then make a lot of money from it and be like, yeah, it's not really a it's not really a passion project, but it's paying the bank, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your other talents is singing. Do you plan on getting into the movies? Music industry. Music industry. industry. I personally I don't think I want to sing anymore um i love singing um i sing i think i sing pretty well because when i was in the uk i used to open for the likes of william mcdowell um so because he would come in and it would pack stadium full of like eighty thousand people mm-hmm. and me and my band would come in sing and, nice but we've, we've done a few singing stuff but then i i'm i'm passionate about music but not with me in the forefront so oh. we're, we're we're launching kazadi music soon which is going to be Thank you, thank you very much. My best friend sings, so you should probably, probably sing listen her to her, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So the, 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 the aim of it is to obviously have a musical arm to Kazadi Films so that mm-hmm. whenever we are doing projects, we can take from our own library and catalogue and nice. put it into our films. Nice. So there's a 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as me, myself, getting on stage and singing, mm-hmm. that's probably going to be very rare. I don't think I, don't think I have the time um, and I don't think I have the passion to do that as I did before. I hear you. And I'm serious about my best friend. She has a beautiful What's your best friend's name? Sally. Sally, okay. Yes. Tell, Sally to, tell Sally to send me her demo. Definitely. We'll take it from there. Definitely. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you this one question mm-hmm. that I think this is one of the questions that came to mind when I told you I wanted to do a podcast with you. Yeah. Yes. After you told me you broke up with me. <laughs> <laughs> well,. I, I did okay I did say that last night okay. <laughs> okay the question is what's the one thing you did when you were young that you feel has contributed to the person you are today I prayed a lot mm. yeah mm-hmm. um, one thing that people don't know is um, 
on top of my, my parents being, um, my, my dad being a, a, a doctor, basically a cardiologist, and my mum being a lawyer, they're full-time ministers. Nice. Uh, both, both, like literally, like my dad's a bishop, my mum's a bishop, like full-on, hardcore Christian praying tongues. I see why they want you to get married. <laughs> like they're, they're fully, uh, and so growing up, you know, Bible studies, Sunday schools, all that was a norm. And probably that's where the singing and stuff comes from because mm-hmm. I was singing in the church quite yeah. a lot. Now. Um, but I feel like <clears throat> now that I'm older, I understand the importance of prayer and sort of the prayer that we had done when we were younger and mm-hmm. put in what I would call the prayer bank. Mm-hmm. Um, that has helped me a lot um, growing up because no matter how far I stray, I never stray too far. Mm-hmm. And so there's always a point where I come back and get back to my senses and whatnot. And God's been good. God protects me. God protects my businesses. God protects the people around me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, I haven't been sick in 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's that's not normal. You know I mean, like that's not something that happens to everyone. Yeah. So I like to believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that God has really been protecting me. And if God's protecting you this much, it means He's with you, isn't it? And He believes in what you're trying to do. And if God believes in what I'm trying to do, who am I to fail? So that's one thing I've done that's kept me till now. Where do you see yourself in five years? So five years, um, I want to retire. Um, I, like actively retiring where you don't do nothing or it's... No, 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 no. Like I want to I wanna have established all of these businesses to start, you know, mm-hmm. making money for themselves. Yeah. Um, for most people, like the people around me know that Kazadi Films is... The plan with Kazadi Films has always been film company, music company, distribution company, theme park, uh, film studio. Mm-hmm. Or no, film studio than theme park. And all of those things have to be done in the next... Uh, five, five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So already so far we have Kazadi Films, which is doing well, mm-hmm. which is the film company. Yeah. We have Kazadi Music, which is about to be launched, which is the music company. Mm-hmm. Then we already have a distribution company, which is Sizzle Plus. Nice. So of those things, there's only two that are missing right now. A full on, uh, a fully, um, I don't know how to turn it, like a full top of the range film studio, mm-hmm. you know, similar to the Sony's, the Tyler Perry's, and, mm-hmm. blah, 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 yeah. and the theme park. So in the next five years, these are the two things that I have to be able to actively get done. And if God is on my side, as it's as always been, they're going to get done and I can retire and maybe I'll get married. Maybe. And maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now, how does it feel being David Kazadi when you wake up in the morning? Does it hit you like, oh snap, I'm David Kazadi? Or I'm, just only, like... Like, I'm only David Kazadi to people who don't know me. I mean, I've always been David Kazadi from like, very. <laughs> so, like I know what you're asking. You, you know, and, yeah, like yeah. those reactions that people make when you know, they see you. I've, I, 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 I've always. So for me, it's, it's a thing where I've always wondered, huh? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to be Will Smith? But then Will Smith is always Will Smith All the time. to himself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's always been has, and, and so it's the same with me. Mm-hmm. Like people who aren't me mm-hmm. want to, you know, celebrate and you know they think I'm some sort of a esoteric human being, but I still remember me with no shoes. I still remember me, you know, not having 10 pounds to get on a taxi. Mm-hmm. And so, how does it feel to be David Kazadi? Same way it's always felt to be David <laughs> Kazadi, really and truly. So, uh-huh. it's, I'm just a human being trying to not let success get to my head, nor failure get to my heart. That's it. Nice. Um, before I let you go, yeah, my question is just around now. Really <laughs> no, this is a very important question that I need to ask before I let you go. go but ahead. I seem 
not to remember it. Yes, I have it. This is actually the most important question on the podcast. Go ahead. And I didn't... Okay. It's okay. So, um, you know, you speak about you being all for impact and ensuring that those that come behind you have a motivation and mm. the drive to say, if a Zambian man can do it, I can do it as well. Absolutely. What's the one word you would have, you would tell that young man that young lady who's getting into their creative space who wants to someday become like you and you know just thrive and succeed in the movie or music industry or just the entertainment industry in general yeah so for 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 zambian i'll say start where you are use what you have but also be very aware of your of your environment don't put all your eggs in one basket um then this is specifically for the zambian african child like understand your environment if you want to get into music, don't get into it because you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Do your research, learn, understand. How are Zambian artists making money? Mm-hmm. And if I am to be added to the pile of Zambian act, uh, artists, am I going to make money? Am I going to make a living? Am I going to survive? Because you can be an amazing singer who's homeless. True. You'll be amazing, mm-hmm. but you'll be homeless. Yeah. And that's not what you want to do because mm-hmm. while you're homeless, the passion will stop dying because you're frustrated and you're in pain and you're depressed and blah 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 then you realize oh my god i'm an amazing singer but i don't like my life mm-hmm. that's not good yeah. and so we all do these things yes from a passion place but we have to be smart enough to start thinking how do i make a living and survive from this thing and that's specifically for the african child if you're not if you're listening and you're not in africa you probably have a bit more privilege because if you know if you're, for instance if you're from london or the uk or america um you know, there are programs and things, grants and whatnot that are available to help nurture your talent. Mm-hmm. But this is specifically for the African child. Start where you are, use what you have, but be very smart. Read your environment. Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, a, a number of people. My dad, my uncles, my sisters, people that i surrounded by, my mentors. Like, this, it's never one place. Nice. Thank you so much for coming through. I guess I'm done here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. No, this is good. Um, and this is, this is an example of someone following their passion. Because look at this. We're recording your interview on your phone. A lot of people will be like, oh my God, I don't have the equipment and I don't have the this and I don't have the that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're probably not making money from your podcast. Not yet. But you're doing, that's my point. You're not making money yet. Mm-hmm. But then you wouldn't make money if you hadn't started. True. You started and you realize, okay, I may not have all the expensive microphones that all these other people have, mm-hmm. but I have a phone and I have a mind and I have a brain and I have Facebook and Instagram and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to market the show and you're coming and you're reaching out to people like me and other people that you've interviewed on podcasts, which is amazing. Some people don't have the courage to come and speak to me like you have, to come and ask to be to be on their podcast. Like, look at the time. Right now, what, what time is it? It's almost 10 o'clock. Enjoy in my office at 10 o'clock recording a <laughs> podcast <laughs> for uh-huh. while you could have been home sleeping and, you know, dreaming about your dreams, but mm-hmm. you're actively doing it. Mm-hmm. So to me, you're the epitome of what an African child should be doing while they still can. So Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually waiting for the part where you say you're going to give me the $100 at the back of your phone. But... <laughs> <laughs> this never leaves my phone. Have you never noticed? It never leaves my phone. But I've seen you giving out money. So guys, you better follow this man. He's been giving out money on his socials. You want to earn some money, follow him, and you're going to get yourself a $100. Like, just like that. Oh, gosh. No, but thank you. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Thank you guys for listening up until the end. This has been Unscripted with Lead with your one and only podcast butterfly. And like I say, I'm going to say it again. I don't want to be known for them against. I want to be known for them for. And I am for people, regardless of who you are. I love you, but God loves you more. See you next week. Bye.